I'm on. We're good. <laughs> How's everybody going this morning? Everybody's good. So I guess I'm supposed to say good morning, and uh, you're supposed to say good morning back, and that's the way we do that here, you know. But it's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord today. Um, and if you're visiting with us, we're certainly glad to see you as well, and we hope that uh, when you leave here, you know, everybody's going to just smother you with love and kisses and everything like that, and you're going to feel like this has just been a wonderful time, but we do. We do we're glad to, to have you with us today. Uh, just to remind everybody that this section over here is a little bit empty because we have our youth. They are gone. They are down in Florida suffering for the Lord and, uh, you know, doing, doing what they do down there. But no. And our pastor, Thad, is, he's doing the teaching this week for them. So, uh, so we want to pray for them through, throughout the week that, uh, that God will put on Thad's heart what to say to those young people. Uh, that these young people will come back refreshed. Some of them completely renewed would be great, uh, completely changed. And so please be praying for their youth as they are uh, down at the beach and uh, uh, studying but enjoying themselves as well. We want that to happen as well. So since um, Thad's not here, our pastor Thad, then we got Dr. Hughley you know, going to be speaking. So if you're kind of new here and you had not had a chance to, uh, to uh, hear Dr. Hugo or meet him or anything, you're going to be thrilled. And uh, we're just so glad that God has had him he with us and that he's sharing with us. So uh, just be praying for Dr. Hughley as, uh, as he comes today and, and brings, brings us God's word. Uh, the, the Belize team came back. I think he got back Friday. And they had, uh, they had a good trip. Uh, heard they were having a little cool spell down there. It was only 102 um and uh with uh with about 90 percent humidity i heard uh but uh they made it through it and uh so it's, we're glad that they came back and we were all praying for them 
And this week we have the England team that's going to be leaving, and so at the end of the service we're going to have a little bit of time of prayer for them. We want to pray as they lead us. So we have all these trips that are lined up, and we're having opportunities for people to take part. If you hadn't this year been able to do that, we hope that maybe next year you will be able to, to participate in some of that uh, as well. It's just a great time for us all. Uh, this morning as we uh, began our worship time, uh, I'd like for us to look at Psalm 27. Uh, we're going to kind of read it together, so we will be reading it off the wall, but if you want to turn to it, that's good. I'm looking at the New King James Version. I like that. I like that as far as this passage of Scripture. Uh, so let's all stand, and let's, uh, let's read uh, this uh, passage of Scripture together, maybe. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise up against me, in this I will be confident. One thing I have desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret place of his tabernacle he shall hide me. He shall set me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. Therefore I will offer sacrifices of joy in his tabernacle. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Thank you. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. I uh, just wanted to share a few things that, about that verse of script, that passage of Scripture before we get into our time of, of worshiping together through song. Um, the Lord led me to, to this psalm uh, as I was putting the service together this week. And I'm not, I'm not sure exactly why. When I, when I put, was putting together, I was really struggling all this week. And because I wanted to make sure that we're, we're focused on, on the Lord and everything that we do in our worship time together. And that it has meaning. And uh, anyway, so I was looking and I looked through several psalms. And also I lit on Psalm 27. And Psalm 27 is kind of special to me because I've known it for a long time. Uh, because one of the first songs that I ever sang as a solo with uh, my, the, the man who gave me voice lessons a long time ago when I was a younger teenager, uh, he had me sing this song, The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? So it was a way that I could memorize Scripture through singing that song like that. I went through my life, and I didn't, did not really until later on understand really what it was saying you know, I just knew it was a psalm, and it was probably a psalm of David or something like that. You know, I just didn't really quite understand what it all entailed. But, uh, but anyway, this, so anyway, I was putting together the service, and I was like that, and just not sure exactly, you know, I said, Lord, what you're doing with this? And so about 3.30 this morning, <laughs> about 3.30 this morning, he, he, he woke me up. And all of a sudden, it was going through my mind. 
and all of a sudden he started putting it all together. And that's kind of that's kind of how he works sometimes. Isn't that how he works, Doctor Cusley? Sometimes just wakes you up right beforehand, and and you kind of start figuring it out. First off, realize that David realized that he couldn't save himself. He was obviously running from uh, running from Saul. That's what we think it, that was happening, but he couldn't save himself, and um, because he said, "The Lord is my light and salvation." Um, but the same goes for us. Uh, we couldn't save ourselves, so Jesus Christ came and He paid our penalty. We, uh, we, he took on our sin. He took on our sin, and then He gave us His righteousness so that we can forever be with him. That was the only way it could work. So it was the same thing. He is our salvation. Second, we can have confidence in him, that he is who he said he is, and he will do what he says he will do. And how do we know that? Well, David said, teach me your ways, O Lord. And so how do we do that? Well, we go to his word. We go to his word. That's the way we do it. And so that we, we should always keep ourselves at the feet of Jesus to be able to know who he is and to be able to realize what he's going to do in our life. And finally, uh, we need to develop a, a real heart for worship. You know, David, uh, he said that he desired the Lord. Let me ask you this morning, do you desire the Lord? Are you here because you desire the Lord? That's what David said. He desired the Lord. He said he seeks to dwell in the house of the Lord. Are you here this morning because you seek to dwell in the house of the Lord? Be with other people. Be with other believers. Are you here this morning uh, wanting to do that? Uh, and he wants to behold the beauty of the Lord. He wants to see the Lord in all of his beauty and all of his glory. Are you here this morning because you want to see the Lord in all of his beauty and all of his glory? Well, he says he will exalt us and he's going to place us high upon a rock. Well, there's a song. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. He says, on Christ the solid rock I stand. All other is on sinking sand, what he says. So let's use that, and let's get started and worship together. My hope is built on nothing less. Let's all stand, may we? Need some monitor on the piano, please. Hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest friend, but holding me on Jesus' name. On grass I saw it, rock I stand, all underground is sinking sand. Yeah. 
Draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Jesus, draw me ever nearer. Let's sing that together. Maybe. Jesus, draw me ever nearer as I labor through the storm. You have called me to this passage. And I'll follow all I May this journey bring a blessing. May I love. 
seated. I want you to listen to the words of the choir. It's a song you've heard several times, did it not too long ago. It talks about us staying at the feet of Jesus. And that's what the song is. Jesus, um, keep me, find me, <coughs> excuse me, find me at the feet of Jesus. Listen to the words.
you join me in a word of prayer. Father in heaven, it's so wonderful that we have this open relationship with you that was not available without Christ. Father, that relationship saves us, but more than that, it goes with us throughout our life. And Father, we have many difficulties in our lives. I know there's a lot of sickness, there's cancer, there's injuries, there's surgeries, there's children that we're concerned about for health, for spiritual conditions. We, we have concerns about how to make ends meet. We have concerns about relationships with other people. Father, we have so many things that are issues in our lives, but I pray that we will like Mary, take time to sit at the feet of Jesus, to develop that relationship, to spend time in your word daily, to bring it to mind and meditate on it. Father, we know that if we do not keep this relationship with him close, that it's, it, it's, we suffer and your heart suffers. I pray that we will, Father, develop that relationship uh, with you, we thank you for your spirit that's in our hearts to guide us. We thank you for your word that he uses to develop us, to change our minds and our lives, to be more pleasing to you. I, I want to love you more, Father. I want to love Jesus more, to be closer daily, to take me through the times that are difficult. Many people in the world have nothing to turn to in the difficult times. We do. We've got a loving Savior and a God who cares for us. In Christ's name, amen. Trumpet would blast so loudly. <laughs> A few weeks ago, Pastor Thad asked me if I would speak this morning, and I'm very happy to do so. What? Your mama. Yeah, your microphone's hitting your face on the back. I hope the Lord has been as attentive to me as these dudes. <laughs> After all this, I don't know if I need to give you an introduction to the sermon. <laughs> You've been duly introduced to the mess we're in. I sure do thank Brother 
The brother's helping me up in the, should have pulled it off and turned up the volume that the Lord has given me. Sounds like I'm ready to go. <laughs> Again, I'm honored to minister in Thad's absence today. And we certainly want to pray for Thad and the young people that God will minister to them and that wonderful things will be accomplished through their ministry. I'd like you this morning to turn with me in your Bibles to Psalm 13. That is a portion of scripture that the Lord has laid on my heart for today. So if you'll turn there, we'll read Psalm 13, verses 1 through 6. How long, O Lord, wilt thou forget me forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death, lest my enemies say, I have overcome him lest my adversaries rejoice when I am shaken. But I have trusted in thy loving kindness. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. Once more, let's look to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God and Heavenly Father, how we thank you that we can come to you this morning in prayer. We ask you, Father, to minister to all of our hearts according as we have need. We're depending on you, Lord, to have your will and way in our hearts. We pray, Father, that you will wonderfully inspire and strengthen and yes, Lord, encourage and convict wherever there may be need. We trust you for your ongoing blessing today. In the name of our Lord Jesus, we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Some 14 years ago, a digestive disorder that I had led me to in an emergency room. Unbeknownst to me at the time, in the coming years to help that condition, I would go through three surgeries, many doctor's visits, and all kinds of medication in an attempt to solve my issue, my problem. How long would it be? A little over a year ago, the problem returned with intensity. I began to stew in my heart, to be stressed. I began to wonder, will there ever be an end to this? Will this difficulty abide with me 
until I meet my maker? All of those questions and many more came to my mind. And yes, I am convinced that during that time, the fiery darts of the wicked one were being aimed at me. For when we're in our trials, sometimes the evil one tries to take advantage of us and we need God's wonderful help. I resolved in that time to spend more serious time in the prayer closet. And I resolved at that time to spend more time in the scripture, asking God to minister to my heart. I resolved to read the book of Psalms over a period of time, to take notes on my reading, and to see what the Lord might be saying and speaking to me. And I, over a period of weeks and months, I had many notations and comments I'd written in a notebook. During that time, Psalm 13 especially stood out to me. It's a model for us. It's a model of going through trials. And that's what I'm speaking to you on this morning, responding to trials. Believers have trials. And if I ask for a show of hands this morning, a great many hands would be raised heavenward. Yes, I have gone through. And yes, I am in a trial now. And I wonder when it will ever end. Trials are like cars. They come in many models and styles. We're like many Bible characters. There was Job. His stock market crashed all of a sudden. Then he had to arrange ten funerals for his children. And I remember having to arrange a funeral for one of my own offspring. And it is not a pleasant experience. It was indeed a great trial. I was comforted knowing where she had gone with the, to be with the Lord and that I would join her in time. We're like Bible characters in our trials. Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers who were jealous. His father unwisely had favored him, but nonetheless, his own brothers sold him into slavery. And he wound up down in Egypt in the home of a man named Potiphar. But there was a Mrs. Potiphar. And if ever there was a hussy, she was one. <laughs> she lied about him, and that put him in prison. Another trial, but it was in that prison that he interpreted dreams which would ultimately bring him to the attention of the Pharaoh, and he would interpret Pharaoh's dream, and it would result in a great, great lesson that Joseph shared with his brothers at an appropriate time. Yes, there was Job, there was Isaiah who suffered trials, 
he was sawn asunder, according to some historians, at the order of the wicked king, Judean king named Manasseh. Yes. And David had trouble in his soul. Three Hebrew boys were thrown into a fiery furnace because of their, their steadfast heart, their steadfast love for the Lord, and they wouldn't compromise. Daniel was placed in a lion's den. Jeremiah was placed in a muddy pit. Our Savior was crucified. Paul was beaten and put in prison. Stephen was stoned and killed. Peter was crucified upside down. John was put in boiling oil and exiled to the Isle of Patmos. Back to David. He's a model of responding to trials. And let us notice what this passage shows us. The topic nugget, back it up, gentlemen. The topic nugget or the message nugget. The truth that comes through in this passage. Believers have divine help for their trials. That is through all of the scripture. We have divine assistance for our trials. The Bible characters demonstrated. And many of you could give testimony of how the Lord has ministered to you. So the nugget of truth. Seminary, they tell you you need a big idea in your sermon. Well, there's my big idea, y'all. Believers have divine help, and we're going to see it. Now, the passage will fall into a very simple outline, a threefold outline. You'll see in verses 1 and 2 the problem that David faced. He amplifies it and tells what he's going through in that passage of Scripture. Secondly, he gives us a record of the petitions that he expressed to God. And thirdly, his passage of Scripture ends with praise. And what a model that is for all of us. Well, let's look first of all that the problem David faced in verses 1 and 2. Four things I want to say about this. And it's in the little blue outline that you were given at the beginning of the service. First of all, David felt forgotten. He said, will you forget me forever? He said, would God have a memory lapse? That is very bad theology. God don't have no memory lapses, y'all. Bad English, but good theology. Indeed it is. And like us, David wanted immediate comfort in the middle of his trial. We want God to happen now. We want him to move in now and move this burden that's in our heart. One wonders if Joseph in his long imprisonment felt that way. Saints with long suffering and issues. Saints in prison. Worldwide wonder, how long will I be here? I heard on the news recently 
of a couple that went to church and they left their little baby child in the car. When the service was over, the little child had been taken to be with Jesus. That was a serious forgetfulness on the part of parents, especially a father. But God is a far better father than that. He never forgets us. He never. I remember when I was a little boy, my dad used to give me an allowance. I think he started off with a dime. I got a week and eventually I got a raise to a quarter. Man, I was moving high with a quarter in my pocket as a little boy. But I remember somebody asked me about my father's uh, giving me allowance. Did he forget? I said, my daddy don't forget to give me an allowance. And he never did throughout my days until I got up to $2 a week. And then I was living high, I want to tell you. My goodness. The second thing we notice in the passage is that he felt hidden away. You see it in verse 1. How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? I've read stories of miners trapped deep in the jaws of the earth. There's total blackness, wondering if they'll ever be rescued in the darkness. A few years ago, some friends of mine in Kentucky took me to Mammoth Cave and we went down deep into the earth and at one point the guide turned off the lights. I've never been in such darkness before. I was totally hidden. I could not even see my hand in front of my face. Mercy. But hey, y'all, God knows where we are. We're not hidden from him in a trial. He doesn't play hide and seek with us, his children play. He knows when you're facing surgery. He knows when you're going to see a doctor. He knows when you're facing a financial setback. And he knows what prison one might be in, as many of our brothers and sisters in the faith are in prisons in China today because of their faith and in many of the Muslim countries. He knows about the suffering of believers in Ukraine. He knows when we're stressed over a wayward child. He knows, young people, when you're facing a tough exam. He knows when you're in a fractured marriage. He knows when we're persecuted for our faith. He knows when you think, I'm getting older and I'm alone. Thirdly, he felt sorrow, sorrowful. And he says, I have sorrow in my heart all the day. This is a real point of need for saints. We can get stuck in what can be called the woe is me syndrome. 
and we're somehow willing to stay there for a while. We have our pains, our hurts, our sorrows. We should, when needful, bear each other's burdens. Sometimes in our problems, we're like the Hebrew captives. In Psalm 137, verses 1 through 6, the Hebrew captives were out near a river, River Kibar. And the Babylonians said to them, Sing us one of the songs of Zion. And they replied, How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? In old Jerusalem, if I forget you. And they would never forget Jerusalem. Maybe you've heard the story of the missionary Andrew Brunson. Andrew Brunson was a missionary from America to Turkey. He had been there some 17 years and was having a rich ministry. And finally, the authorities arrested him and put him in jail on flimsy charges. That's what happened. And in his prison cell, he began to be very, very discouraged. Like Adoniram Judson, the great Baptist missionary, Andrew Brunson thought of taking his own life. He was so depressed. But somehow he, hang, he was hanging on. What could be done? And in his dilemma, he remembered some of the reading he had done before he was in prison. One such reading was called the Chronicles of Narnia, a writing of C.S. Lewis. And in there is a story of a boy traveling in a dangerous area with a horse. And it was dark and dangerous. And would he be able to get to his destination? And there he was. He had a lion to guide him named Narnia. And what happens in the way the story ends? I hope I can say it with enough force. Who was that lion? That lion was the lion of the tribe of Judah. And that's the lion that's with you and me in our struggles and in our trials. By the way, when the then President Trump heard of the gentleman's dilemma, he called Erdogan, the president of Turkey, and the very next day, Andrew Brunson was sitting in the office of the President of the United States of America. God is with us. What held up Brunson? Brunson hung on. Somehow he was able to hang on. And he found out that in toughing it out, God was giving him renewed strength, renewed help in his trial. He felt defeated also. And he asked, how long will my enemy be exalted over me. 
How long is this going to happen, you wonder? Well, God certainly knew. God certainly knew. And I wondered how long mine would last. For a little over a year ago, it surfaced again. I was back to the emergency room. And I sort of got into a, a difficult time. And I was wondering, will it ever end? One night, my digestive trial, I felt heavy in my heart. Julie and I had gone to bed. And in bed, I asked Julie to pray for me. She put her little hand on my forehead and began to pray. And as I listened to her pray, she had more faith than I had at the time. And her prayer lifted my spirit, and it was helpful. By the way, let me back up a little bit to when I was courting Julie, and I first noticed those delicate little hands. I was so moved by them that I wrote her a poem. Yeah, one with several verses. And I wrote about those little hands that Julie has and how they lifted me. And as we prayed, God began to give me a turnaround. Yes, David faced a problem. But he tells us what petitions he expressed. He shows us how he prayed in the middle of his trial. He shows us how he is responding to his trial. And he is showing us that God is able, that God is able to help a believer in a time of trial. Let me go secondly now in our passage to the petitions that David expressed. And here I want you to see a passage from the book of John. He asked, first of all, if you'll flip it on, brothers, to James 5.17. He was doing the right thing. James said, is any among you suffering? Let him pray. Let her pray. That's the advice. Four times in the passage, he asked the question, how long is this going to last? He was stewed in his soul. Frankly, some trials last a lifetime. I'm sure you've heard of Johnny Erickson Tata. Johnny has been in her condition since her teen years. And what a testimony that good woman has. I have a cousin who at 19 dived into what he didn't know was shallow water. It broke his neck. He's now in his 60s. He's paralyzed. But he's a radiant Christian. He's been a deacon in his church. And he's found God's strength in the middle of his trial. Active in his church. Some, some 
among us suffer for years and we wonder will it ever come to an end this calls for faith calls for God's comfort it calls for us to respond to the son song it will be worth it all when we see Jesus now over in Psalm 17 verses 7 and 8 the brothers could put that up O Savior of those who take refuge in thy right hand keep me as the apple of the eye hide me in the shadow of thy wings let me go back to that little phrase Keep me as the apple of his eye. You know what the psalmist is praying there? He's telling God literally, lock me, lock me, lock me in the pupil of your eye. That's what he wanted. And that's where we can be. He had a petition for answers. And God was able not only did he pray for answers, but he prayed for enlightenment. Enlightenment. And you see that in the passage. Enlighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Wow, talk about enlightenment. Do you remember what Joseph said when he disclosed himself to his brothers? you remember he said to them God sent me before you to preserve life all those years God was teaching Joseph something to be shared at a dramatic and needful time you may have heard of Jim Simbola Longtime pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle, a dynamic, powerful church of great blessing. Jim had a wayward daughter. He didn't even know where she was. And one Thursday night, the people said in the congregation, a large group there, Let's pray for Jim's daughter. And those people began together calling on God Almighty to minister to that girl's need. This was on Thursday night. Saturday morning, Jim was shaving himself. There was a knock at the door. They went to the door, and who was it? It was Jim's daughter. She had come home. And you know what she asked her dad? It's classic. She said, Dad, this is a girl who was far out of fellowship with God. Dad, what happened on Thursday night? She knew that somehow she had to get up from where she was and go home because God Almighty had answered the effectual, fervent prayer of righteous people calling on the Lord. God was merciful. As James tells us in James 5.16, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. 
and indeed. Not only did she come back to fellowship with God, but she went and got training, married a fine man, been in ministry now for years together with her husband. I feel like saying amen, y'all. Amen. Our God is a wondrous God. He's a God of all power. He hears the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. He may not answer our prayers just in the way we want them answered, but he will answer and he'll cope with us. Not only did he pray for enlightenment, but he prayed for victory, victory in his life. He didn't want his enemy to say, I've overcome him. Or he didn't want his adversaries to rejoice. Let me tell you something. There's some things that will help us in victory in our prayers. If we will obey what Romans chapter 12 verses 1 and 2 tell us. In Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, your bodies a living sacrifice. Be not conformed to this world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. One of the first devotionals I gave as a young preacher boy, it was something. God had mercy on me. It was called a little sermon, sermonette perhaps. And by the way, you've heard that sermonettes are preached like Christianettes. Sermonettes are given by preacherettes who produce Christianettes. (laughs) And we want more than that for sure. 1 John 2, 15 through 17. And I gave my little devotional talk in a Baptist training union. And one of the gentlemen there said, Hubert, that's my real name, you're developing nicely. No, that encouraged me in my young years of thinking that the Lord was calling me to ministry. Well, not only... David expressed his petitions, but I love the way this psalm ends. The praises. I have trusted in thy loving kindness. So he expressed his praise with trust. David was moving forward here just like he was on spiritual steroids. He was taking a giant step forward. God was blessing him. Notice his theology of God. That English word, loving kindness, is the translation of one Hebrew word, hesed. And it's so powerful, so dynamic, that translators had to use two words to convey the meaning. Our God is a God of loving kindness. Loving kindness. We appreciate people that love us. We appreciate people that are kind to us. But our almighty God is a God of loving kindness. What a theology of God. How powerful. How wonderful. We thank the Lord for it. 
Moving on, brothers, we notice something that a wonderful lady expressed. Have you heard of Kay Arthur, the founder of Precept Ministries? Kay Arthur had gone through an ending marriage, and she was leaving, leading an ungodly life. And somehow God got hold of her. She later married. She and her husband founded a ministry called Precept Ministries. That ministry has gone into over 190 countries. What did she say? It ministers to us all. Don't miss it. I'm now 88. And learning to live with Parkinson's disease. The reason I can honestly say that I'm thankful for my disease. I need to read that again. The reason I can say, honestly say, that I'm thankful for my disease is because I know God is sovereign and is in control of my health. And I continue reaching forward to whatever God has while pressing on. What a wonderful testimony. She's a great testimony. I want you to see what Chuck Swindoll said. She's a remarkable testimony of that. Suffering is not an end. It's a means to an end. So in our trials, God has purpose. We may not fully discover it in this lifetime, but rest assured, suffering is not an end. It's a means to an end. God teaches us things. He prepares us to minister. And God will use your experiences in ministry to others. Let me tell you about Bertha's song. I've told you about Kay's testimony. Bertha was born in a sharecropper farmer's home. The fifth of 13 children. She learned to sing in the little country churches near her home. She grew up loving to sing. It was a singing, at a singing that she met her future husband. They were married and two children were born to them, one of which was taken from them with a whooping cough as a little baby boy. She continued to sing. I was the brother that lived. My little brother was taken from us, but I lived. And I'll never forget as long as I lived, sitting on the floor of a bedroom while mama was making the bed and she was singing and I remember that song more than eight decades ago 
the phrase that catches the attention. It is joy unspeakable and full of glory. Maybe you don't know all of the words, but it goes, I have found his grace is all complete. He supplieth every need. As I sit and learn at Jesus' feet, I am free, yes, free indeed. And she would come out. Mama had a fifth grade education. She wasn't well educated. She wouldn't have scored very high on an IQ test. But from my mother, I learned the first things I knew and would know about God. The first thing I would know about Jesus. The first thing I would know about Sunday school and church. The first thing I would know about the Bible and Bible stories. And they linger with me till this day. I was a grown man before I realized all the power and the influence of my mother who sang songs to me and who read Bible stories to me and planted the seed. And at the age of 16, the Holy Spirit convicted my heart from the planted seed I'd had. And I opened my heart to Jesus and became a child of God. Are you here today without a saving knowledge of Jesus? Are you ready to go home to meet the Lord? Are you trusting in him as your Savior and Lord? That doesn't mean that everything is going to be hunky-dory for you. But you will have a helper. And I thank the Lord. It is joy unspeakable. David prayed with third, uh, prayed with, uh, with uh, trust. And he prayed also with rejoicing. You see that in the passage. My heart shall rejoice in my salvation. Thanks be to God. Trials have a way of stealing our joy. Yes, indeed. Well, let's notice what 1 Peter chapter 1 Verses 6 through 8 say, In this you greatly rejoice, even though for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold would perishable, which is perishable, even though tested by fire may be found to result in praise and honor and glory at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Are you distressed today? God is able. The American people have a lot to stress them right now. Christians persecuted in many countries, yes. But am I to rejoice though tried by fire? That's what the Bible says. It's very clear. Let me engage in what I will call something of a future vision. I'm using my imagination. I can imagine dear Donna 
who so ably teaches the ladies Bible class. I can imagine Donna when she looks and there's no shadow in her eyes and she looks at the blazing glory of the Son of God who rose from the dead to give her and us new life. Thanks be to God. Yes. Disappointments, sorrows. Scott is not here, but we all know that Scott has an artificial leg. Several years ago, Scott asked me to pray for him. And I prayed daily for Scott. Prayed with him through the pains he had getting adjusted to an artificial leg. But one day, our brother Scott, if they have marathons in heaven, I know who will be up near the front with his fresh legs that the Lord gives him. And yes, I've got to talk about Buddy. Buddy came up. I call it the crow's nest up where these fellows work. But Buddy came up there, and he and Van prayed for me that the Lord will bless me. Yes, I want to imagine something about you, Buddy, in glory. You're going to raise two hands in worship, not just one. You'll get two. And you know what? I figured it out. It's going to take 10 millenniums at least for Buddy to get around and hug all the saints he wants to hug. <laughs> and Johnny Erickson Tata has said she was going to throw away her wheelchair. And George and I are going to throw these away. We won't need them anymore. What a glorious day. He awaited with rejoicing. And he awaited with singing also. He's a model, a wonderful model, y'all, of trusting the Lord in the midst of a trial. The psalmist said, Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with me. The Lord is dealing bountifully with us. I'm going to say this again. The Lord is dealing bountifully with us when we as saints of God go through our trials. And he's preparing us. He's teaching us for how he will want to use us in time to come. Bring my soul out of prison so that I may give thanks to thy name. The righteous will surround me, for thou wilt deal bountifully with me. I love the old spiritual. Soon I will be done with the troubles of the world. Troubles of the world. Troubles of the world. I'm going home to be with God. So in responding to our trials, David shows us this nugget of truth. And I want you to notice what 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. Now, don't miss the point of this text. This shows you how to apply 
the things we've been talking about today. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy, God of all comfort who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort them who are in any affliction with the same comfort with which we ourselves are comforted of God. God doesn't waste the experience. A trial is a training ground for what God has in mind. And he will use you. He will use you. My goodness. A lady who really caught the force of that is Susanna Wesley. I want you to notice what Susanna Wesley says as the brothers show us. Now, Susanna Wesley was the mother of 19 children. She had lost two homes to fire. She had two great sons that made a tremendous mark on church history, John and Charles. What did she say near the end of her life? Help me, O oh Lord, to make a true use of all my disappointments and calamities in life in such a way that they might unite my heart more closely to thee. That comes from a book, Seven Women and the Secret of Their Greatness by Eric Metaxas. Yes, the Lord, I want to say, I believe taught me some things I needed to learn through the trials that I have had. And uh, by the way, this continues to be uh, something I'd like to throw away, but my knees won't let me. I'm looking forward to my glorified body. And so this helps me keep my balance. And I have other things from time to time. But thanks be to God. Our God is a God to whom we can turn in our trials. Blessed be his name. Again, if you're here today and you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'll be near the front up here. Come and see me at the end of the service. I'd like to honor appointing you to Jesus. We'll ask the brethren now to come and conclude the service, and it has been a delight to minister to you this morning. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dr. Hughley. Um, I think all of us have been touched with that message because all of us have been faced with trials, and we will continue to be. So thankful for God's word and for the message that, that he has given to us. Um, well, just uh, to close out tonight or today, you know, we'd just like to kind of switch focus just a little bit. We have a little video we want you to watch just to kind of uh, get you into it. And uh, 
it's going to be about the the England team that's going to be leaving this next week. But uh, but anyway, let's let's play that video right now. This is the uh, charge that is given to all of us by our Lord himself. So I think we, uh, we remember that we've had two teams that have gone out so far. We've gone, had a team to go down to Texas a couple of weeks ago. Then we had uh, the team to Belize, just got home Friday. And uh, uh, who's the team from Belize? Raise your hand if you, if you went to Belize. So, uh, yeah, a few of us are here today. But anyway, the, so we appreciate uh, the work that they've done. So now, this next week, the England uh, team is going to be going out. So I'd like to ask the, the team, would y'all please come forward? Uh, if you're planning on going to England with us, how many we got going? Uh, got five of us? Okay, five of y'all, not us. You know. But uh, while they're coming up, uh, but uh, Rob, where are you headed over in England? So we're going back this year to uh, Exeter, which is uh, located in the southwestern portion. It's about three hours from London. When you, when y'all are gonna leave? So we're going to leave uh, this coming Friday, and we'll be uh, traveling overnight. So it'll be Saturday morning when we get there, and then uh, we'll start our ministry there on Sunday, Amen. Way, way before everybody gets up here. <laughs> okay, good. So y'all remember the, the England team and make sure that you pray for them every day if you can remember them. Pray for them. There's, there's a lot of work. England, I've been there, you know, and doing kind of what they're doing. Uh, and it's a, it's, a, it's a wonderful place to visit, lots of history and lots of things to see. But let me tell you, it's a dark place, a dark spiritually place, a spiritually dark place because there's not too many people who are interested in the Lord and they're not interested in listening to you. But... God's got a purpose for it, and the fact of the matter is you're going to be handing out the, the uh, John Gospels of John. You're going to be doing that, so the, the Word of God is going to go out. Hey, that's, that, that's, just, that's what we do. You know, we plant the seed. We throw the seed out there, and we let God take care of the rest of it, and these guys right here are going to do that. Uh, I've asked Brent uh, Mizell if he would come. 
and if he would pray for this team, and if you would, again, if you would uh, remember them every day this week to pray for them. And so when Brent gets through praying for them, you will be dismissed. Let's all stand. Let's all stand, please. Father, we thank you for the challenge from your word this morning. Even though we have many <clears throat> trials and tribulations in our lives, Lord, you're with us, and you go with us, and you go before us. We pray for those who here, maybe here today that don't have that hope, Lord, that don't have you in their heart. I pray that you'd work in their hearts and lives and that they would come to know you as their Savior so they could have you as their helper through those trials and tribulations. Lord, we thank you so much for the Belize team and that they're safely back home with us and that they were able to minister even in the heat and uh, humidity. And, Lord, they touched many lives of young people and helped that ministry there of the Kindred Spirit Campus in Belize. Lord, we just thank you for each one of them. And now, Lord, we lift up the team that's going to England. Lord, we know it is a dark place spiritually. That's where many of uh, the heroes of the faith came from. But yet, Lord, uh, the country has departed as a whole. And we just pray for each one of these that go Lord, that you would use them to speak to hearts and that you would encourage the churches that are there that are trying to spread the gospel throughout the land. And, Lord, then we also want to pray for our youth. Is there a way from us? Lord, I pray that you would use them during this time and use especially use Thad and Teresa as they minister to them and their youth leaders. Lord, that their lives may be changed as a result of <clears throat> the time they spend with you. Thank you for your many blessings to us now. I pray that you'd be with us as we go and continue to bless this, these teams, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.